That sounded good. Okay. Hi, and welcome to Queers on Film, a podcast where a different guest each week picks their favorite queer film. Oh, wait, not their favorite. I'm sorry. Just a queer film of choice. (laughs) This is just a particular one I imagine is a favorite. Um, To watch and discuss, (laughs) the film for the sake of this podcast doesn't have to be explicitly queer as long as it fulfills one or more of the following criteria. It needs to have one or more queer characters, can be viewed through a queer lens, or is particularly relevant to the guest queer journey or experience. I am Felix Kingsley, and I use they-them pronouns, and I am joined this week by my co-host Oscar and our guest Marn. Hi, Marn. Hello. I'm Marn. I use she-her pronouns. I am a co-host of the Argonauts podcast, a deep-dive arg podcast where we talk about alternate reality games. Ooh. I'm Oscar. My pronouns are (laughs) he-him. And you're the co-host of this podcast. Yes. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, Marn, why did you choose this movie? Uh, because I really like horror movies, and I have seen this one a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel gay inside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I felt, like, vibratingly gay while watching this. Like, <laughs> there wasn't any... Well, oh my god, there was no other way to describe it. So we recorded a commentary for the Patreon, which, hey, check out our Patreon. It'll be on there. Um, Patreon.com slash queersonfilm. But we recorded a commentary on it, and I was just, like, consistently overwhelmed by both how attracted I was to Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox, but also I have, like, a lifelong and extra role crush on Adam Brody, who I- have a problem did not know was in this movie like i had never seen a picture of him from this movie before i've never seen anyone mentioning him being in this movie and i had never seen the movie before so when it started and i was like oh adam brody's in this is this like a smaller role i'm like oh no he's the main villain i was like oh no i'm in trouble like (laughs) (laughs) oh these are like three of my biggest crushes that's overwhelming for me so i had a i was just like my whole skin was just like I was just vibrating all of last night while watching it. But yeah, so for anyone who hasn't seen Jennifer's Body before, the really basic plot is there's these two girls. One goes by Needy, and she's dating young Neil from uh, Scott Pilgrim. And (laughs) she's kind of, I mean, she's Amanda Seyfried, so she's gorgeous, but her hair's frizzy and she has glasses. And um, her best friend is Megan Fox, who is Jennifer, And they go to a concert for some indie band together, and Adam Brody is, like, the fucking Antichrist, and he's the singer of it, and he's real creepy, and he's like, oh, that one, the hot one, she's a virgin, she's one of those types who just pretends. And they basically, well, the bar sets on fire somewhat magically, Uh, Needy and Jennifer and the band all get out, but everyone else dies. Jen Jennifer goes off with the band to Needy's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She's unhappy about it. And then Jennifer comes back to Needy's house, but now she's all a fucking creepy demon and, like, throws up a bunch of black goo. And then, you know, just starts murdering boys. That's what you do when that happens. You just get magical powers and start killing guys, including, uh, the football. Is he, like, the QB or is he just, like, a guy on the football team? I guess it doesn't really matter. Kills him. Kills the, like, cool goth kid that uh, Needy clearly has a crush on, even though she has, you know, young Neil, who can last a whole four minutes with a condom on, we learn. <laughs> um, so, so she kills him, and then she goes after young Neil, uh, to which Amanda Seyfried's character, Needy, tries to stop her. And she kind of does, but all- she does end up killing jennifer but unfortunately young neil dies as well i don't remember his character's name so he's just gonna be young neil um unless you all refer to him by his actual name um oh it's a it's it's chip right? i think yeah. that's right i remember it being something kind of insufferable um snack. yeah but he, he yeah anyway um but also i guess i forgot to mention the framing of this movie in the beginning of the movie it's all told in like retrospect because amanda seyfried is in like inpatient or like jail or something it's i'm not quite sure um and then she now has like magical powers and she's super strong she kicks a fucking aid like halfway across the room and then she escapes at the end and goes to kill 
the band, which is fun. That's a basic overview, right? I think I hit yeah. the majority. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, like, you know. Well, I guess, like, the band did, like, perform some sort of, like, satanic ritual while singing, uh... What is- is the song called 867? Is it called that, or does it have a different yeah. name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's called that. Okay. Great scene. Yeah. Every scene is a great scene, actually, so... So, yeah, what- when did you- you first saw this movie in middle school, I think you said, before we were... I- yeah, I- Or maybe think, early, or maybe, yeah. like, freshman year or something? I feel like I was in eighth grade when this came out. That feels right to me. It came out in 2009, so I don't know what year you started high school, but it would be right around- Yeah, I would've- Right around, maybe this- I don't know what time of the year it came out, but- Oh, I don't know either. Wait, I can look it up. Yeah, I would've been- I would've been a freshman in high school when this came Just out. Just barely, Yeah. Because it came out in fall. Of, yeah, it's like a back-to-school movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so how many times have you... So like I said, I've never seen this before. Oscar, you had seen it before, right? Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. Okay. And Marn, you've seen it like a bunch of times? I want to say I've seen it maybe four times. So what do you like? Like, what do you like about this movie? I mean, I have a lot of answers. But like, what do you like about... <laughs> this movie like what draws you to this as like a horror movie or as like a queer film like why does this one stand out for you i think just from like uh the perspective of like someone who reads and consumes a lot of horror like the this movie is it's really interesting because it's ostensibly a horror comedy but it also like really interestingly kind of subverts a lot of horror tropes like um Alyssa my my fiance and I were watching it uh the other night we were talking about how interesting it is that like Needy also isn't a virgin like she has sex on screen a bunch of times yes I thought about that a lot like because typically the normal like the surviving girl is the Mm -hmm. virgin one um and she is decidedly not like very pointedly not that so i appreciated that the whole time i was like yeah it's cool that she like she has sex and it's never made to be like a, oh it's bad that you have sex it's just like yeah she has sex she's a teenage she's a teenage girl with a boyfriend they use condoms they have sex for four minutes it's not very good um <laughs> but it makes her happy i guess and uh yeah like it's not she's not made to be like bad for that and she still survives at the end, even though she is kind of, like, fucked up, obviously, <laughs> by the trauma she has gone through. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I, I like that the characters are kind of positioned as very stereotypical archetypes, but they're not written that way. Mm-hmm. Like, Needy isn't really, like, a like a nerdy virgin. She's just, like, a, a fully, like, three-dimensional character. I found it, like, very bizarre a little bit that like she didn't seem to have other friends really because of like she seems like pretty chill she's just gay like she's just very gay yeah <laughs> she's like normal <laughs> she's just like yeah she's not like weird she just uh she's just pretty with frizzy hair and is gay and is friends with the popular cheerleader like i feel like she should have been more well known at her school but that's fine she's just uh just wants to hang out with her best friend in a totally straight way and uh <laughs> her boyfriend in a way that we're well no i i do believe she's attra- she seems attracted to him you know like she's just a bi queen it's fine i was la- oh my god okay so the entire dynamic between her and jennifer was like mm-hmm. just killed me in that it reminded me so strongly of many of my you know very charged friendships growing up where it was like yeah no this isn't gay not at all absolutely not i'm just extremely obsessed with you and want to hang out with you all the time and play (laughs) play uh they said like playing husband and wife or whatever and i'm like yeah i've never done anything like that before with any of my friends who i was very straight with (laughs) never this isn't i can't relate to this at all and i liked how the thing that robbed her of all her powers at the end was her like taking her best friend necklace off taking Mm -hmm. her heart back basically like that causes her to that causes needy to win and jennifer to have her like powers zapped in the end was very interesting to me as well like it is their relationship that is so strong that gives them literal like gay telekinesis like or not telekinesis 
uh, telepathic powers throughout the movie. I've just learned that this film was recently categorized as a horror classic. <laughs> By who? I don't know. I just was on the Wikipedia page and it says in 2020... The film was categorized as a horror classic. I just like the like wow. by like who determines what is a horror classic I don't in know. that in, in such a way that it would be specified like that. I know some young whippersnapper. The gods came down and said, "This is a horror classic." <laughs> I'm just I don't so I don't know how much you know about like the whole controversy about the like the marketing of this movie. I actually oh, really don't. Like, Normally, I read a lot before I do this podcast, but I read nothing. So please no, tell me. Yeah, go into it. Oh, interesting. So there was like a kind of like a whole behind the scenes like controversy because the studio marketed this as like. A, like a sexy movie for men where like Megan Fox is evil and hot and everyone who worked on the movie was like no that's literally not what this movie is about and so uh the movie when it first came out ended up getting a lot of bad reviews because people were like this is not like what the marketing said that this movie was gonna be and like reviewers didn't really know how to feel about it and then like Kind of in in more recent years, people have been coming back to it and kind of reappraising it and being like, yeah, the marketing sucked, but like this is actually a really like interesting and poignant horror movie about like like girl best friends <laughs> and like being a high schooler. That's so interesting. Yeah, because like I remember the marketing. I I really like I remember the marketing, and I feel like that was a big reason why I never watched it and why I didn't really have any interest in watching it until more recent years when people were like starting to talk about it all the time again. Because at the time, it just seemed like very male gazy. like, the marketing mm-hmm. of it felt like very male gazy, like, Wild Things-esque type of, like, vibes, and I was like, I don't have any real desire to see that. Like, and I really thought that's what it was, and so when I actually watched this movie last night for the first time, it was, like, very different than I was expecting. Like, the setup was very different than I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. I didn't, like, I knew the basics. I mean, I knew that she was, like, demon and that she, like, was killing boys, and I knew, like, the famous lines, like, I knew the, like, I go both ways, like, type of shit. But I didn't, like, I don't know, like, I didn't anticipate it being so much more about their relationship than it was about, like, the boys felt more tertiary like <laughs> than I, I yeah. was anticipating, and so I was, like, I really liked it, and I was excited to watch it and i knew going in it was gonna like it wasn't going to be what the marketing was like i mean i had enough knowledge about it by that time and like the kind of zeitgeist like opinion of it and how it's changed over the years so like i knew it wasn't gonna be what the marketing was selling but that was a huge thing about why i didn't want to watch it for so long because it was kind of like the exact opposite of what the movie was and what it was trying to do and what like you know, so I can totally see how, you know, like, that's kind of, like, sad and typical. Yeah. That's such a kind of, like, a weird, like, audience misfire. Like, oh, we yeah. think our, our main audience is men who like objectifying teenagers, but actually, like, they could have exploited a whole, like, queer audience there, and they just completely, they completely <laughs> biffed it. Well, they love to do that for queer movies. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think part of it was like Megan Fox was only known for like being in Transformers when this came out, and they were like, "Oh, she's like the sexy girl who does nothing in Transformers." Like we mm-hmm. can market that, right? Right? Like people like, oh yeah, people like to think of Megan Fox as a vapid kind of awful person. I don't know. Like I, she was sold well, so yeah. bad in Transformers. Like, well, yeah, just hated her. Because she was, yeah, that they treated, and, like, I mean, Megan Fox's whole career is just, like, upsetting in what the industry and Michael Bay has done to her specifically. And, I mean, especially considering, like, how young she was, I believe. Wasn't she? She was, like, really young in Transformers, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She was, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he was harassing her and shitty and, like... The media is very easy to portray, oh, or, like, most ridiculously hot person alive is a bitch instead of, like, just standing her ground about stuff. So, yeah, like, I really, I was definitely growing up one of those people 
who was like tricked into thinking that I didn't like her or that she was like bad somehow because I had a lot of internalized misogyny. And then as I got older, I was like, actually, no, she fucking rules. And <laughs> and she's very good in this movie. They're all really good in this movie. Like I her. I mean, Amanda Seyfried also it's it, she has a very interesting career. Like I was thinking about it a lot because there's at least a couple people in this movie who are in Veronica Mars, which I forget. Marn, have you seen Veronica Mars? I have not, but I I know the premise. That seems like something you would have watched. You should watch Veronica Mars. Although, I mean, trigger warning, it does like go around, like it's very involved around assault. So, but um, it's super good. You should watch it. Well, Amanda Seyfried's in it and she plays more like the Megan Fox type of role in it. She is like the hot dead friend um and that oh interesting <laughs> i mean she's not a demon she's just a dead person like who has like flashbacks to when she was alive but like it's just interesting to see how she plays these different roles and she's very good at both of them but yeah i just was reading as you were mentioning the kind of mm, response at the time it came out i was just like glancing around at the wiki and i find it extremely interesting roger ebert dubbed it twilight for boys um, as a movie about a flesh-eating cheerleader, it's better than it has to be, is what he said. Huh. And, I mean, he was saying good things about it. Like, he was like, this is, a, like, an artistic movie and, like, isn't your normal movie. But, like, Twilight for Boys was, like, a very fascinating sentence to me. And I huh. don't agree. I mean, maybe Twilight for lesbians. Like, that... <laughs> I mean, Twilight is already Twilight for lesbians, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, it gets compared to Twilight a lot, which is very strange to me because they don't remind me of each other. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, other than being like kind of, I mean, she's very, I mean, let's be real. Needy is like the complete opposite of Bella. Like, unlike, like, Bella finds out that this like man she's attracted to is horrific and just like excuses it over and over and over again whereas needy is like my best friend for my whole life and someone i'm like deeply attracted to is like horrific and killing people and she needs to be stopped and i will stop her if no one else will like she gets gaslit a lot during it but she at the end of the day is like no i have to stop this like i can't allow these things to happen granted maybe a little later than i wish she would have but you know no, yeah, I think saying it's Twilight for boys, that's kind of a wild, like, a yeah. wild marketing line. Because, like, <laughs> it's, a, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, well, not a marketing to, like, line, it's, a, a like, right. a review, but still, yeah. A review, yeah. That's, yeah. It's, it's so weird how, like, yeah, how we, like, categorize movies into, like, well, this one is for girls, and this one is for boys. And it's, like, I mean, we're used to having, like, you know, the lesbian gays erased, but, like, dang. <laughs> it is really interesting to me that, like, lesbian shit is always, like, in a movie that is not... <sighs> I forgot how to describe this. If there's, like, a scene that is two girls, like, hooking up, in a, but in a movie where it is otherwise, like, they are with boys, then it's always like, yeah, this is hot for guys, and never, like, girls would like this also. It's like, yeah, lesbianism only exists for boys' consumption. Like, even though this movie I don't think is doing that at all, but, like, it is talked about that way by some people anyway, even though to me it seems, like, very much not aimed at men at all. Right. Right. It's like, like, yeah, no, like... It's, like, decidedly not... Like, a lot of the jokes were like at the men's expense like the mm-hmm, thing where he lasts mm-hmm. four minutes and like his like mm-hmm. he, he's not like chip is not like a character who's like yeah this is the coolest guy ever and this is all what all guys think they are like i think a <laughs> lot of those jokes were just like in jokes to a female audience who're like haha yeah this is a high school guy what a doofus yeah, Chip was an interesting character in that way because he was just some fucking dude you dated in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to seeing a character quite like him in a movie, maybe like in television shows more often, or like someone who's only in like the first 10 minutes of a movie, but then they like break up. Like, but he was just there the whole time being generic as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I love Chip. He's great. And he also, I like how the damsel trope is kind of inverted in his case. 
where yeah. he becomes the damsel in distress that has to be saved in the sad pool scene. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that pool is so gross. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's so gross. I love that scene so it's much. It's wonderful. I love that Jennifer comes out of it looking all like hot and sexy with her hair slicked back and like her face. Like she's dirty, but she's not like she looks like good. And then Amanda Seyfried is just like covered in muck. Uh huh. It's, uh-huh. it's <laughs> like God that the costuming. We were talking during our. Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, we need to talk about the costuming. Uh huh. <laughs> I love the costumes in this movie. So good. So many of them are so accurate to being, like, they were, like, okay, we didn't remember what year this came out, but Oscar was like, this is extremely 2009, and then we looked it up, we're like, exactly spot on. Specifically in reference to Colin's outfit, yeah. It's like, oh, I bought this outfit at Hot Topic. (laughs) Colin's purple striped hoodie. I think i knew someone who owned that it was so so spot on it like gave us flashbacks <laughs> or the fucking yeah they did just like an insane job of like actually dressing them in what teenagers in 2009 wore which was like <laughs> right. very bizarre on like megan fox it's like there were sometimes from like there were sometimes where i felt the kind of like this isn't what this character would wear and i'm like no this is what this character would wear it just looks weird because it's megan fox <laughs> Like, this character would wear a little jean skirt and whatever, but it's Megan Fox, so I'm like, what are you doing? Like, or God, I need to talk about the fucking pretty and pink-esque dress that Needy has on at the end. That had, like, that had to have been, like, a reference, right? Like, that, that was an homage to pretty and pink, right? It had to be. It was horrific. It was so bad. but so good at the same time see that that one's interesting to me because it's like the only not like extremely 2009 outfit it was so bizarre i like didn't i was like what is happening when that dress came up i was thinking about it and i'm like Oh yeah, it's because her mom dressed her, and that maybe maybe that was like her mom's dress. Oh, interesting. But that's what happens in Pretty in Pink. She wears like her mom. Well, she takes her mom's dress and she combines it with another dress, and then she like wears both of them. So like that's why I assumed it was like probably a reference to that. But God, yeah. it was distinct. That is for sure. Well, I think also it was fun because it made it look like when she was like running through the woods, it had like a very, very like romance yeah. romance novel cover. It looked exactly like a trillion like Harlequin romance novels I've seen. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked with a dress that was actually popular in 2009 because like the silhouettes were a lot more trimmed down and a lot more like little black dress type of deals. Yeah. Rather, like, you need something with, like, a lot of, like, stupid frills and dumb ruffles on it to run through, through the woods like that. Yeah. I, uh, Megan Fox's dress was also very interesting. Like, her being in the white, primarily the white and black, and it not being, like, an overly, like, sexy dress. Like, it wasn't maybe what we might expect her to be for, like, a femme fatale. It was very... It was much more like a gothic looking. <laughs> I like that she. I like that Megan Fox has the white dress and it gets all like fucked up in the pool because that reminded me a lot of Carrie. Yeah. Which is like if I had to pick a movie to compare this to, it would probably be Carrie and not Twilight. Yeah, right. or like somebody. I I think I saw that Diablo Cody was like influenced by Lost Boys, which that also make that makes a sense. lot of sense yeah. to me. Oh, it has that kind of energy of the like, haha, we're killing people, whatever. Like, and then the other people being like, no, don't, no, <laughs> maybe not. I kind of want to be your friend, but don't, <laughs> like. So I want to talk for sure about the indie band and how much that spoke to me as someone who's always been like very involved in the DIY scene uh-huh. and how having this like, oh, we're like an up and coming indie band and we're going to like sacrifice someone to become famous. Like the guy from Maroon 5. <laughs> that fucking that was such a funny poll for it to be the person they said but having the like evil guy be like just like a front man for just like some fucking indie band that was trying to get big 
and have them just be fucking evil as shit and just like so self-absorbed and self-involved and not caring at all how it affects other people was like extremely like yeah that's that's a frontman for a DIY band yeah I, that aged uh-huh. really well it's so <laughs> it really did <laughs> and Adam Brody is like particularly perfect at playing that type of role like he is typecast a lot like the first couple of things I knew him from were Gilmore Girls where he's a perfect character and he has no flaws um, by which I mean, <laughs> by which I mean, I would date the living shit out of that character every day of my life. He rules. Um, and then he's Seth Cohen, of course, from the OC, where he's like more of a shit lord. I didn't see it as a youth, but when I got older and rewatched, I was like, oh, he's like a typical nice guy, like jackass. And then his, the rest of his career, pretty much for the most part, is, like, a attractive guy who seems kind of, like, cool on the surface, but is actually, like, a scummy piece of shit weasel. And, like, in Ready or Not, which, did you see that, Marn? Oh, yeah, I love Ready okay, or Not. Okay, thank you. I was like, no one I talked to has ever seen this. Like, in that movie, or in Promising Young Woman, he's, like, you know, in, and in this movie, it's, like, kind of, like, the peak of, the peak example of that, of, like, him... When you see him, he initially, I mean, you get skeevy vibes from him immediately because you're, of course, supposed to. It's a horror movie. You know this is not going to be good. There's a teenage girl talking to the front man of a band and we know something bad is going to happen. But like still, you can like he's so good at riding that line between like charismatic and charming and evil (laughs) as fuck. Like he's a perfect like antichrist type of like role. (laughs) I literally, before we learned that they were, like, witches or whatever, I was just like, is he the Antichrist? Is he the Antichrist? He should play the Antichrist. (laughs) Like, I, he was just so spot on for that role. I was a huge fan of it. I forgot that he was in Gilmore Girls. He plays Dave Rogowski, the best character ever. The I know. (laughs) Alyssa and I are watching Gilmore Girls, but we're not there yet. He's so good at that. When he leaves and then Lane gets stuck with fucking zach it's the most offensive like there are a lot of offensive things in gilmore girls that offends me almost the most lane is done (laughs) so dirty so very dirty in that move in that show anyway oh we won't even get we won't even talk about that that's 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 (laughs) patreon content right there just me going out of 20 minute rants about uh lane lane's uh unfortunate fate in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I mean, you're right, and you should say it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was just like, it was so interesting because I, I never knew there was another villain in this movie before I watched it. I thought Megan Fox was like the villain. I didn't realize there was like another layer to that. So that was... um And it's kind of interesting, too, that there are like those kind of two layers of like villainy in this movie. Depending yeah. how you look at it. Yeah, I I love the credit sequence at the end where it shows the band getting horribly murdered. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. Aaron and Oscar were commenting on that last night. Yeah. I th- didn't one of you say it was like one of your favorite? I think maybe it was Aaron who was yeah. like, this is one of the best end credit scenes. Mm-hmm. That's what end credit scenes should be. Just, God, that was very good. Like, what do we make out of Jennifer's like character and arc in this? I mean, so the the whole thing is that like this this movie was kind of marketed as like a like a sex movie for men, but it's really like a revenge horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so the first victim she goes okay, well the very first one she goes after is the exchange student who is really just because he was there. Like it wasn't anything more than that. It was just she didn't want to kill so we we later learn that she went to to Needy's house. She, you know, at first almost like killed her, but then decided she couldn't hurt her. Um, and then like ran away basically, which makes her smile like very fascinating because we have that scene when we first see it. It's just her like smiling at her and vomiting and stuff, and it's very creepy. And Megan Fox looks perfect in that. By which I mean, <laughs> like she just looks so she just looks so perfectly like creepy and hot at the same time. And, uh, and like, just scary. And uh, her just fucking eating the chicken on the ground is 
Yeah. I love that she had to throw the rotisserie chicken on the ground in order to eat it. That was very <laughs> intentional. So good. Throw it like, on the she just throws all the shit from the fridge on the ground and then just, like, eats that and then it's, like, throws up because that's not what she needs to eat, you know? And then she just has that smile and it's, like, such a fucking creepy smile. And then later on, kind of, like, learning that she was, like, thinking at the time, like, I'm not, I can't hurt you or I'm not gonna hurt you. And then she has this creepy-ass smile, like, not right now. Like, <laughs> and then goes off and then, like, kills the foreign exchange student who's just because he was there and you know she knew that no one would like she wouldn't get caught basically and then the next thing she does is she kills the the football player who's like crying over the death of was he crying about chris pratt uh, yeah he was no i thought he he died wait no. i thought chris pratt was still alive chris pratt was the was the um cop dude he was crying about um the first dude in the bar that jennifer talks to oh okay i don't think i i think we were like talking too much and i didn't fully gather that (laughs) okay because because chris pratt's character lives i think because later jennifer's like calling the police isn't gonna do anything like i'm fucking the deputy Oh. (laughs) oh i did not gather that okay i just assumed that they all died except for the the band's and her i guess i knew that some people got out because obviously the one kid got out and then she killed him so anyway so then she kills that guy and then and that's just it seems like she was just like annoyed at him for crying and when she like thinks it's all very funny or whatever but then the next person she kills is one who initially she's not going to like like colin asks her out She's like, no, but then Needy says that she thinks he's cool, and then she's like, oh, well, then in that case. And then she, like, kills him, and then the next person she kills is Needy's boyfriend, which is just, like, that very kind of, like, I don't know, that, like, speaks to me a lot about being, like, a closeted teenager with these, like, very charged, like I said before, relationships with your, like, close friend and, like, the jealousy and, like, feelings you have about the people in their lives sometimes that you can't really explain because you don't really acknowledge your feelings about them. Yeah. Like, her going after those people in particular, like, the people who are close to needy, like, or who are taking attention away from her or who, like, maybe would get in the way of her relationship with needy is just like a very interesting choice to me like it's not like she's mostly she's not really killing randomly mostly or even that much really like we isn't implied that she like kills very often like it seems to just be those like four people right right yeah maybe it's like a lunar cycle thing too because like they were like worshiping the moon or something when they initially sacrificed her oh yeah i hadn't really thought about that (laughs) that's my theory i thought it was just that like she gets hungry after a while and has to eat again but because she kills the one guy like the very next day or whatever she kills like two guys in a row but i just found like those choices of like it just being those it's not like she's just i guess when i saw the marketing i thought it was gonna be like she was like the marketing made me think she was like having sex with people and killing them all the time yeah (laughs) really the only person she comes on to is needy Besides, they get the, oh, I mean, the football player who she kills. She comes like, on to, like, all of them, really. Well, not the foreign exchange student, but she comes on to the rest of them. Like, she she tears open the shirt of the one guy and then, like, eats him. She, I think, tells, she makes it seem like she's going to have sex with Colin. Colin asking her out was very strange. Oh, yeah. Was, like, I assume it's supposed to be implied that people are, like, mysteriously attracted to her because of her powers. Right, because otherwise Chip wouldn't have done anything. Because Chip, at the end, he's just like, okay, I guess I'll go with you. <laughs> he's kind of, well, and, like, the Colin seemed kind of confused by it, too. And, like, everyone was like, that's really random. Like, that seems really weird. Even the people, like, other people are like, that's strange. Poor dude. He was a cool character. I want to need you to date him. But, yeah, I just really liked that kind of choice and how it made it very much so about her relationship with Needy as opposed to about the boys as much. Yeah. Yeah, where she seduces boys to eat them, but if she comes on to Needy, like, she's just, like, she's not trying to eat her. She's just trying to, like, you know, have sex with her. Yeah. 
Well, I think she's also very much trying to, like, control her in, like... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which is kind of, like, I kind of wanted to ask, like, what did you guys think about the... I don't know, the framing of bisexuality in this movie? It's kind of weird, because definitely when she kisses Dee Dee, she's, like, trying to manipulate her. Yeah. Yeah, but I also do think she likes Needy and likes her attention and has always liked Needy and always liked her attention and has never allowed herself to, like, fully acknowledge and express that. I I guess in my head, okay, this is my headcanon. In my headcanon, Jennifer is gay and Needy is bi. Okay. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I fully believe Needy is bisexual because she does seem to legitimately like Chip and she seems to, like, have a crush on Colin, and they seem, like, not- they don't seem forced to me. They don't feel, like, compulsory. Whereas Jennifer's interactions seem kind of compulsory to me. People always express interest in her. This is what's expected from her. She's supposed to be this cheerleader. She's supposed to be, like, this hot whatever girl. People ask her out all the time. Guys are always showing her attention. She uses that because she is kind of self like she's pretty self-involved she needs a lot of attention she needs a lot of affection but the only one she really seems to actually care about it from that the only one she actually takes like seriously seems to be from needy like her focus is always really on needy like she like that's what it kind of mean when i say she goes after guys who needy is interested in like after you know like the two guys like because she wants all of her attention and like i don't think she necessarily i mean i know she like plays with needy in the sexual way but i think it's kind of like allison from pretty little liars like with emily where like i don't know if either of you have seen pretty little liars but i have yeah i have okay (laughs) but like it's kind of like that where she acts like she's doing it for pretend and she's like a bully and she like bullies her but in reality she like actually does love emily and just like cannot acknowledge that for a long time because it's not like what's expected of her and she can't like let go of all these other things because then she yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense that's how i read it at least yeah yeah that's yeah i think that's a totally valid reading and it's interesting how like regardless of how the sexualities in the movie are supposed are like being portrayed by the writers and directors it's interesting how like we can have a read that maybe deviates that from that but it's like oh this actually resonates quite a lot because i think my take from the movie is that it does play into the sort of like bisexual panic phase that we were kind of mm-hmm. seeing at the time the movie was released, how a bunch of celebrities were coming out. I don't remember. I can't really name who, but I remember that being a thing where everyone was just like, ooh, bisexuals, what are they? Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, right. And how it was, it was framed as being kind of um, like an attention-seeking thing. And it's like, you can't trust them. They're toxic. And kind of how this does feed into that but also how there are like maybe accidentally kind of like realistic representations of high school relationships i don't know yeah no no no. i definitely agree because like i feel like again a lot of like the the trailers and stuff were very like hyper fixated on like ooh, girls kiss in this movie and it's like but when you actually get to that scene there's like so much more context behind it like they've spent most of the film building up this like really complicated like teen girl relationship where they have really complex feelings about each other that it's like oh this isn't just like ooh girls kiss in this movie this is like a kind of the culmination of like all of this weird tension that has been happening right Mm -hmm. they build a really good backstory for it considering like the time and like people's feelings about bisexuality at the time Mm -hmm. yeah that's like kind of an interesting thought because I feel like the yeah the marketing of the actual movie it's like they're just so different that it's hard to even like kind of like parse it out sometimes like because uh, it's interesting having seen this movie for the first time in 2021 I will say that like and because it has completely I, I think if I had seen it for the first time when I was younger it would have had a very different thoughts on it than seeing it for the first time now and like kind of knowing it as like a iconic gay movie going into it as opposed to going into it as like a 
ooh, hot, sexy movie. Very, although I still went into it as like hot, sexy movie, but from a gay way. Where, and like hot, sexy movie for like my ex- expectations. It's kind of funny because when I watch a movie that I'm like, oh, this is like a movie that gay people find hot. My expectations for it are very different because I don't expect it to be so male gazy. Like I know it, it can be gross. They could be covered in mud and like have that be hot. Like I don't know how to say this. Like. Like, I don't know. It's not, like, the scene, I don't expect it to be so, like, everyone has to, like, be super sexy looking all the time, and that's the most important thing. It's like, no, I feel like queer hot movies can be freer and more um, expansive than that, so... um, I don't know if I'm, like, being clear about what I'm trying to say there, but, but, yeah... One thing that we haven't really talked about, but I do want to talk about, is the, this kind of idea that, f- so Megan Fox's character, to, like, look hot and youthful and, like, you know, she has to, like, consume others mm-hmm. to do so, or else she becomes, I mean, she's still really hot and attractive, but, like, she's like, oh my god, I'm like the other girls, like... During that point, like, she is forced to consume others to, like, maintain that look and that, like, kind of part of her, like, personhood, which I thought was, like, very, like, a kind of interesting part of it. I know they kind of go over, like, when she's, um, as I said, comparing it to Twilight in that way, when, uh, when Needy searches on her favorite search engine to find out the word succubus or whatever, um, (laughs) to find out what she is. And we never really get like exactly a clear answer about like, she's just like a demon. But I find that very interesting considering that like someone like she was, you know, attacked and assault, well, not like sexually assaulted, but like attacked and assaulted. And then now she has to like consume others. It's just like very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how, like, in a lot of, like, revenge movies like this, it gets it gets a little hairy because, like, you go from, like, well, yeah, she's the victim, but now she has to become evil mm-hmm. and kill people to, I don't know, yeah, it's But it's she, like, her personality doesn't really seem to have changed that much. Like, she was a bitch beforehand. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, like, she but was. she wasn't that bad before. Yeah, well, she, she was wasn't like eating girl. people, and she probably wasn't laughing when people died beforehand, but maybe she was. I don't know. Like, um... No, it seems like she didn't change, because... Yeah, and I think... Yeah. Yeah, and I think after Needy was bitten by her, it's also shown, shown that she changes. I oh, mean, yeah, she, she does. Like, nurses aid across the room. Like, yeah. she I don't becomes think she would be able to do that. Angry. Otherwise. Yeah, very angry and aggressive. Which reminds me, I mean, that's kind of, like, what I feel like happens sometimes when you've been through trauma. I mean, you know, like, you become, you know, like, they show Needy the first time she's gone through this trauma, uh, reacting to it more by, like, kind of disassociating or withdrawing. And then this other time she becomes, like, aggressive and takes a lot of, like, control over her situation and very, like, self-assured, which is very different you know what i find interesting with jennifer's character is that she's just like very amused by her powers now like she's like yeah i'm like a fucking god like i can't die it's awesome and she doesn't seem to have any concern about going after the people who like attacked her or did that to her which i find very interesting but then like needy does like needy is the one who's pissed about the band pissed about everything pissed about it and jennifer seems to completely like ignore that and like shut that out and like focus solely on like her small little world that she has that she has like power over which is very interesting to me yeah in a way this like really interestingly subverts like revenge horror movie tropes because like Jennifer just really isn't interested at all in, like, getting revenge on the people who actually hurt her. But then, like, Needy is the one who kind of takes up that that sort of goal from Jennifer after she dies. She's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Like, I'm gonna set it right. Yeah, she seems much more interested in asserting her power than she, Jennifer mm-hmm. does. I mean, she just, like, takes it to, like, continue asserting her power over the people around her. It, rather than really do anything else 
Yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah. Like, we're all yeah. just thinking about it. We're all just like, yeah. <laughs> hmm. That is, that, that's, a, that's a real good one. No, yeah, it's, like, interesting because, like, I, I think that it comes in, it comes into, like, the Mean Girls trope, too, because you see that in Heathers and, like, you know, Mean Girls and every other high school show there is about, like, you know, you have your, like, alpha high school girl who does everything she possibly can because she only cares about her appearance and she only cares about her power and stuff like that. But it's, like, it's interesting because it's, yeah... I did, not, yeah. I did think about Mean Girls a lot while watching this, and not just because Amanda Seyfried was in it. Like, <laughs> like Megan, like, got, and partially it was the outfits. Like, Megan Fox's early on outfits reminded me a lot of Regina George, or, like, her walking through the hallway reminded me a lot of Regina George. Mm-hmm. Um, like, their vibes were very similar, even though she's, like, they were just, yeah, I got, there's a lot of times where I was like, oh, this is extreme mean girl vibes. Um, although also, Marn, this is like maybe bad, but we kept bringing up Sucker Punch while watching this. <laughs> I have not seen Sucker Punch all the way through. I have revenge. vague memories of like watching bits and pieces of it. But okay, so here's the thing. thing. Sucker Punch is bad, but I'm very gay and I like to watch it. <laughs> Like, I don't know what else to say. It's like, I can't say it's a good movie. I can't recommend it. It's a Zack Snyder film. It's like, not good, but I love the movie anyway, and I don't care what anyone has to say about me for that. I can't help myself. It's, I, I like it. I like watching hot girls in hot outfits kick ass. I I can't help it. (laughs) All the other problematic shit in it aside. But no, it just like... They were parts of this movie that reminded me of that, too. Just, like, when they were fighting and stuff. I can see that. I, I, I feel like this movie is generally not as male gazy because it has... It's not. Like it's a, not. A, yeah. Yeah. Because right. it was directed by a woman and it was uh, written by a woman. Yeah. They really tried to make it male gazy, though. <laughs> they really did, but they're just like, mm, no, this is about the girls. Yeah. There's, like... I feel like there's there's an interview with um, Diablo Cody somewhere just like talking about uh, this movie and like how badly they screwed up the marketing and it was really interesting and I'm going to try and find it so I can send it to you. I also like how like the end scene, like not the end scene, I guess, but the like their end like fight is like very sexually charged. Yeah, and they're like floating above the bed and like flipping back and forth, and I was like, "Ooh, like <laughs> I was like, ooh, oh no, ooh, oh, oh God!" Or her being like, "You're so butch. Like, do you get all your murder weapons at Home Depot? God, you're so butch. Like, Classic. it is just, it's just a God. I can't get over. I'm sorry. I just keep going back to the same thing about just like how much it reflects to me." honestly about being like closeted and and gay in in high school even though it's so like such a ridiculous movie it still like really speaks to that very honestly no, it really does yeah it kind of like for me kind of like like reminds me of the feeling of being closeted and how that comes out in really toxic ways mm-hmm. like i think you were mentioning before about the whole jealousy thing about like well, you're dating this guy, but so for some reason, I really hate that, and I have to destroy your life. <laughs> that kind of thing. Okay, I found I found the interview. It this is the second one I linked. I think is the one I was talking about, it, where it talks about how like this movie was like really extensively focus grouped with like male audiences, and like they were like, oh, make it sexier, make it sexier, and Diablo could was like, you don't. Like, you don't understand what this movie is about. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the one part. Uh, there was a, a review from Real Views, and it says, If you're in search for a way to ogle Megan Fox's body, there are a lot better ways to do it than subjecting yourself to this, which is just, like, one of the most horrific sentences I've read. <laughs> yeah, holy like, priorities. Oh, oh, my goodness. My God. Oh, my God. Extremely yes. horrific. Very horrific. Extreme, extreme horrific. In fact, if anything, (laughs) you probably, like, yeah. Yeah. What is cinema for but ogling Megan Fox? 
Come on. Like, how, how do you miss the point of a movie that bad? <laughs> I, I don't know. You're fucking the low shoulder. You're there. You're that band. And you're like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Is the God. audience proxy low shoulder the band? Right? God. Right. Dear Lord. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I don't know, it was a very, it was a very sexy movie, but not in a way that I think a lot of straight guys would be really into, because the straight sex in it is very much played for comedy. It is, it's like, that's, it really is, that's like, what's so fucking funny about it, is it's like, every time they, she's with her, like, actual boyfriend, it is just as, like, awkward and embarrassing and not sexy as being in high school. And, like, when she's having sex with him and she's just, like, seeing... God, that part was so good. When she's, like, having sex with him and then, like, telepathically, like, seeing uh, Colin get murdered. And so she's, like, screaming and he thinks... And then he, like, smiles because he thinks that she's, like... (laughs) making her feel really good and he's like yeah like i'm the man and then after that he like realizes that she seems actually upset and he stops and he's like are you okay am i hurting you am i too big it's, it's so funny like it's like it's so poking fun at men and i can yeah. see why and it's like so like it's so funny to me that like men then got so mad about this movie not meeting their expectations cuz uh-huh. like <laughs> cis men were all like oh my god this movie it's not even super hot and sexy even though it is and um i i'm very offended this movie is not uh for me it's not sucking my dick what like it should be instead <laughs> it's making fun of my dick for not having enough pubic inches like um <laughs> as they refer to god that was also pubic very inches. funny pubic <laughs> how, how did she phrase that like is he packing serious pubic inches is that what she said is the least sexy way i've ever heard anyone refer to a penis <laughs> yeah well it's because like i said everything she does she talks so cringe but she's like yeah i'm hot i can talk cringe what the fuck you want to deal yeah. with it i'm gonna t- like <laughs> i had like forgotten about that scene like i uh i remembered that uh that needy had sex in the in the movie because that's always been very interesting to me um but I had forgotten that she, like, has that weird, like, psychic connection with Jennifer and, like, knows that something is going on. Mm-hmm. Because they never explain that. No, it's just they have magical powers from their best friendship. <laughs> that just, like, happens and they never explain it. It's just the power of gay love. Like, it's just... That's, like, literally in my head, I don't even worry about it, because I'm just like, yeah, that's just what happens when you're gay. You can just, if you're... (laughs) (laughs) If your best friend murders someone, you just know. (laughs) Yeah. You know. (laughs) You know how it is. We've all been there, right? (laughs) Um, One other thing that was interesting to me, too, was I felt like I thought there was going to be, like, more of a, I should have gotten in that van with her, I should have, like, done that, and there wasn't any of that in that. Like, I kind of appreciated that she didn't feel, like, personal guilt for, like, what happened in that way. Like, she had, like, survivor's guilt from, like, everyone dying, but, like, she didn't, like, the blame was always placed on the people who did the action. Yeah. I, I appreciated um jennifer wasn't ever like you didn't come with me like you could have you you know that was like not a part of it which i was expecting it to be because i feel like in most movies it would be also another thing that we haven't really talked about but i think we should at least touch on before we wrap up is the kind of like the continual talk about jennifer's like virginity or lack thereof that keeps coming up throughout the movie her like early on at least it's very interesting to me, like, that they kind of include so much of that, where, like, they think she's a virgin, and she's like, no, I am not even a virgin in, like, the back anymore, but then she, like, gets in the van, and she's, like, trying to convince him that she is, because she thinks they're gonna, like, ass- like sexually assault her, and she's like, no, I am, you wouldn't even like it, like, which is 
also interests me because like you'd think if they were like looking for one you would want to pretend that you you want to say like that you are not and like and then mm-hmm. like it's kind of implied during a um needy search later on that like because she wasn't she was like impure so like maybe that's why she became a demon instead of just like dying i think is that yeah what the implication yeah, was yeah i think that's the whole thing that like she they they kind of fucked it up because she wasn't a virgin so she gets possessed instead of them like actually getting but they do get what they want the... that's true they do they get like yeah, it I works guess... like they become like it famous as yeah, shit it's weird like it works the only like from their perspective it works they get really famous but then she becomes this demon and gets these powers and then she doesn't use them against them but then when they be- kind of become transferred to needy she ends up killing them so it kind of comes back around um of it being yeah. like a sort of devil's bargain in in that respect you know but yeah, I agree. it's interesting because i'm so used to like having sex is like punished so like in that aspect like her becoming a demon is like maybe the more typical thing you would see but then we have this other character who has sex and like isn't is punished but not in the normal ways she's punished like by jennifer like for bait and not because of like her having sex would be more so because of her like having interest in people who are not her i'm so used to like virginity tropes in horror movies being like this one's just so much more complicated, even than, like, when you initially look at it and just look at, like, oh, it's interesting that, like, the good person, like, isn't a virgin, but it's, like, that's interesting on that layer. But then if you keep digging, there's, like, all these other layers that are, like, an interesting subversion of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting how, like, in a lot of, like, you know, male-directed horror movies, there's such an obsession with um, women's sexuality, especially, like, young women's and teenagers, which, you know, pretty creepy. But yeah, in this one, it's like, yeah, it, it de-romanticizes it to, yeah, it just de-romanticizes it a lot. So like, even when she does have sex, it's like, not really a big deal. And like, it's not really a big deal when Jennifer mentions not being a backdoor virgin. It's like, yeah, you know what? I just try this stuff and it's fine. Yeah. God, I mean, her talk that was so funny. Well, it's also interesting when you look hilarious. at it in like the context of the rest of Diablo Cody's career too, right? Mm. I mean, like even just looking at like the most famous other example, like looking at Juno and like sex and that, like that's also never like t- like right. teenagers having sex is treated as like a reality and like something that can have like ill side effects, but not something that is like shamed. And something that is, like, treated as, like, natural and, like, expected. But, like, not 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 that everyone is, but that, like, it's not ever, I don't think it's ever implying that, like, if you're not having sex in high school, you're a fucking, like, prude or whatever. But it's, like, yeah, some people are. And it's, it's fine. Like, it happens. And it's interesting because this movie is, like, a sexy movie about teenagers, but I, it's not, like... I don't know. It doesn't give me the vibes of, like, some other, like, other media that is, like, ooh, like sexy teenagers which always is like a creepy genre um that is extremely prevalent this isn't your bro's sexy teenager yeah it doesn't give me the same vibes like i don't know i i can't explain what the difference is though i guess maybe it's the sort of lack of that typical like male gaze of like the i like there are parts where i feel like it is like ooh, look how hot this is but like it never seems to be like the main point of it some other parts are and it doesn't feel like excessive um for the most part too so yeah i'm thinking specifically yeah so sorry go on oh i was just gonna say i think it's really interesting that diablo cody went straight from writing juno to writing jennifer's body yeah (laughs) that's very interesting i want to watch juno now. it's just wild Mm -hmm. i'm i'd be really curious to read more about like diablo cody's like uh like kind of talking about that and like what she wanted to do next and like why like i don't really know that much about her like i've seen other movies of hers i've seen tully i've i've seen i actually hate young adult i fucking hate that movie um but like united states of Terra is like one of my is like a favorite of mine that show i find her writing very interesting like and a uh, shout out to university of iowa for uh all my Iowa people out there. Um, yeah. That's where 
did you go there, Oscar? I yeah, I am, I am an alum of the University of Iowa. Yeah. So is uh <laughs> my partner. So, you know, shout out. Iowa squad. But yeah, it's just uh just like a very interesting kind of like part. There's a whole section of her I love okay, I like looking at her career, the first part, blogging and stripping. Second part, Juno <laughs> Juno, Jennifer's body and acclaim. <laughs> Amazing. God. <laughs> and stripping. I love that so much. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. That's so good. <laughs> this is amazing. I. It's incredible. I want. Oh, my God. If only my, my uh, personal life can look like that later on. Uh, <laughs> dear Lord, that's extremely good. Anyway, is there anything <laughs> that we haven't talked about that we feel like we need to cover before we move on? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> well, if nothing immediately comes to mind that I think we can wrap up. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about this movie. And finally, I think, okay, so for the audience, Marn was originally supposed to guest on this back when we first started recording like over a year ago like for this movie <laughs> and my partner has been like yeah we should watch that like many 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 times since the past year but i was like no i have to watch it with marn and then i didn't end up watching it <laughs> i didn't end up watching it with marn but i did end up watching it to talk about with marn and i am so grateful that i did i was so excited that you wanted to do this movie and i'm really glad to have watched it uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you online and plug anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Corpse Survivors. You can find my other podcasts on the Orange Ghost Podcast Network. I do Argonauts. I also co-host a horror book club podcast that has a first season and is going to get a second season eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah. Argonauts is really fun. If you like longer podcasts, like if you're going to go on a drive, like if you're traveling, which maybe by the time you listen to this is the thing you're able to do, Argonauts is perfect for that. Literally perfect um, for long drives. <laughs> also, very, also, Marn, I don't know if you know this, but there was like a long time where I would like... This is going to sound maybe offensive, but I mean it in a good way. I would listen to it before I go to sleep. Like, it'd be the podcast I'd put on to fall asleep to. Like, I always set a timer so I don't miss much. Like, but it was for a long time I would, like, put it on with a half an hour timer and then, like, fall asleep to you and Andrew. So. Aww. Yeah. That's, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Uh, Shockingly, you're not the first person to say something like that. I have a friend who... Uh, listen to a bunch of Argonauts while getting oral surgery. <laughs> oh my goodness. I really, I was like, there was a brief moment there, though, before you finish the sentence. Um, on that note, this has been Queers on Film. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Epsilina. That's at E-P-S-I-L-I-N-A. Oscar is off the grid. You can't find Oscar anywhere. Um, you can try, but you'll never find me. <laughs> um, when I first found you on Twitter, I like paranoidly messaged Chris like four times before I followed you to be like, this is Oscar, right? Like, um, <laughs> I, uh, you can find this podcast on Twitter at Queers on Film. Um, you can follow us on Patreon where you can hear uh, Aaron, Oscar, and I's uh, commentary. You can download that and press play at the same time to listen to our brilliant commentary where you can hear about butt stuff and other things um, <laughs> at patreon.com slash queers on film. If you want to uh, guest on the show, please. Uh, you can either hit us up on Twitter or you can email us at queersonfilmpod at gmail.com. We are accepting guests. Um, you don't have to be a podcaster to be on it as long as you are queer and you have a movie you want to talk about. And then uh, our theme music is by Bombastic Dream Pussy. Well, technically it's just by Haley, but Haley is from Bombastic Dream Pussy, a fantastic band who you should definitely check out. 
Um, you can follow them on Twitter at Bombastic Dream Pussy with all the vowels removed or on Bandcamp at bombasticdreampussy.bandcamp.com. Uh, thank you so much for for joining and uh, yeah, thanks. Have a have a good day, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't kill your don't kill your friends because you're in a lesbian rage. Don't kill their boyfriends anyways. Uh don't do it. <laughs> We're still in okay. Bye. 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 <laughs>